You ever, you ever like, when people, you ever have like a set answer in mind when someone asks you what's new with you or what's going on? You always hope for one day, like, oh man, I got something amazing. Like I just discovered Atlantis or something <laughs> like that. Or I, I've always, that, that is, is it sad that that's like a bucket list item when like someone asks me what's new? I have such an amazing story to tell them one day. <laughs> oh yeah. I discovered a new element. It doesn't pay much, but. But you know, it's something. It's definitely something. But no, not not too much. I started putting up the the spoopy decorations. Yes, the spoopy. For this year, I, I sense a chill in the air. I see the leaves are changing. Looking very gloomy today on our side of town anyway. Yes, yes, typical. Although I would say this is almost our typical weather now, wouldn't you think? Yeah, on the flight in last night, it was looking gloomy as hell from the skies. Yeah. So, I don't know. How long of a flight is that? Three, four hours? We, yeah, we, it was a weird judge last night because we hit some rain stuff and they delayed us from the air. But mm, Okay, okay. So it was about a half hour longer than it should have been. But usually yeah. from memory, it's on a good day. It's about an hour 45 to two, two hours, depending. Since we're in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just sidetrack us right away. Yeah, go Although for I guess it. I can't sidetrack us because we didn't even start yet, but I'm going <laughs> to sidetrack us right away. <laughs> Can you sidetrack before you've gone on track? There, there, I feel it, like it's a different or, term, but I don't know what it would or be. Or is it a detract? Did I detract us? You did, Yeah, that, I like that. Or, or I just... Anyway, <laughs> I was watching The Fly. Uh, oh, like I Jeff love Goldblum. The Goldblum Fly. Great, great movie, yeah. Yeah. And I thought of something. It, it makes sense for his character, but when he builds the machine, like, damn, even though he has the issues with the machine understanding the flesh as he calls it in the movie like anything mm-hmm. living it has trouble reconstituting on the other end but just imagine even if even if you had that issue the ability to just send inanimate objects from yeah. one thing to one place to another well do you ever see do you ever see timeline uh no i've read the book but yeah. i've never i've never seen the movie it's a similar principle that's how they discovered time travel was they accidentally intersected a wormhole when they're basically trying to create a FedEx for their, like yeah, okay. shipping shipping things digitally. Yeah. But they accidentally like intersected think, a wormhole. It, it's just amazing how, and I guess that's part of his character in the movie. And of course, if he didn't do what he does, then he don't have a movie. Yeah. But he didn't even realize what he had there. It's like, my gosh, <laughs> this alone, even if it can't transport living things, Mm-hmm. This alone is revolutionary. Yeah, the transporter, yeah, teleporter that he makes. I just thought that was while well, I was watching. It's one of those things where, like, when you've seen it so many times and you enjoy it, then you start to pick up on little other things. When you're like, well, if someone actually did make a teleporter, mm-hmm. yeah, I love those movies. I especially like the Vincent Price one. Yeah, I got the. I, I showed you at one point. I got the box set, didn't I? Mm-hmm. I love that box set so much. <laughs> I love all those um, those Arrow video and Scream and Shout Factory box sets because they're just yeah. that's just gorgeous artwork. Yeah, and those are good. Those are definitely two similar same same story essentially, but very different takes. Yeah, that Cronenberg take was a uh, very monster movie. Oh yeah, definitely. Speaking of monsters, there's our segue. Ah, yeah. You didn't even know. You you didn't don't even know. know. You you don't even know. You don't know. You don't know anything. <laughs> we're we're doing we're doing the classic Universal monsters today. I'm so I'm so excited for this topic. We're, 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 we're talking about yeah the, the Universal monsters today. This is a a huge topic. I don't, I I already know from the outset that I can't cover all of this because there's it's it spans decades. Even just the the library of movies that they have, like little like They're, literally fifty years worth of material. Yeah. 
I mean, it's, it's safe to say, would you would you say this? Because I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. It's safe to say these are almost like mythic status in the sense of these oh. characters have so many iterations, even in just their modern, even in just the modern sense, not let alone like where their source material comes from. But well, yeah, it's like a uh, modern mo- sense. Most of these were like pre-existing material, like stories, like, mm-hmm. and they were just kind of pulled together into this kind of like Avengers style horror. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, like it was like the Avengers of their time. It was like there was no like sync up of movies like this up to that point. And for many years after this, there was nothing like this. So it's, it's, it's it does so, stand unique in that category, no, I think. Definitely. And the other thing I, lo- I love about the Universal Classics specifically is like just how long they have endured a fandom. I mean, they're still alive. There's fans of mm-hmm. this franchise are still very much alive and well. It's not something that's faded into obscurity. No, I don't think so. I mean, even if it's even just through pop culture, even if like you don't maybe quite know exactly the stories behind the characters, if you just see Dracula, if you just see Frankenstein, see the mummy, like you automatically know who it is. Yeah. Or what someone's going for. Well, they've been even just like the amount of times that each one of those characters appeared in like other movies and stuff. It's like there's so much iconography that existed for them over the years. It's like there's shots of Frankenstein that are so iconic that are from like three and four and five different movies. Like really, that many three and four? Yeah. Well, there's like you have specifically from Frankenstein. There's obviously his original, but then he also makes appearances in Bride of Frankenstein. There's a couple of crossovers where. I believe there was a Wolfman versus Frankenstein. It probably was. There's Son of Frankenstein, which is an interesting. Yeah, which is a great classic monster movie. Yeah, I, I like some like, of the more obscure ones because they're yeah they're they're a little even more hokey and even more fun. I like too. Like there is a charm to not even charms maybe not the word, but there is a charm. That may not be the word, but there's that the aesthetic of the 30s and 40s. The original classic Universals. Yeah. It just has that veneer, facade, whatever you want to use, that just that graininess of the black and white that I just don't think can be matched even with 4K HD today. Well, yeah, that's the, just the, the feeling I get or just the subliminal undertones to it when I watch a, a, a classic monster movie. Well, people have said, because a, a lot of them are still being remastered for 4K, and a lot of people are like, well, why would you bother remastering them in 4K? I'm like, I mean, they, it's still... <laughs> The, the level of clarity you can bring out of that film is, is I mean, it's still there. I mean, there's still a lot to oh, yeah. for it. I mean, yeah, maybe it's minuscule at best, but if nothing else, it's a good excuse to re-release and get another, especially from the collector's aspect, to get another copy no, of it. And I, I think, no, I think that's always good to keep it, I mean, to keep it relevant, keep it alive. No pun yeah. intended. Monsters, these classic stories, these classic films. I'm all for re-upping and retelling, if we can, to keep it, to keep the stories going. Yeah. Just to go through it one by one, like the core known yeah. monsters, like they like not necessarily movies, but like the mo- the characters themselves. Uh, the first introduced was Dracula, yeah, which I I really did like that iteration a lot. And I mean, it just recently they did a revamp, I guess you could call it. No pun intended. <laughs> a revamp with Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Holt. Oh, uh, yeah. Renfield. Renfield, thank you. I thought that was a really great way to kind of bring it back. And it was kind of made as a direct sequel to Dracula, but it was kind of it largely as like a horror comedy. And it was, I thought uh-huh. it was fantastic. Well, uh-huh. and that, well, you had said you really enjoyed that, like the, just the different take on it. Or I didn't even realize it was a sequel. 
Yeah, it was like they even used some of the original footage and even did some some clever CGI work to put Nicolas Cage oh, in as Dracula. Cool. I thought it was clever, like into the original footage. But yeah, then the, shortly after that, they had the Bela Lugosi as the mummy. That was Lugosi. Which, right? uh, Boris Karloff does the mummy. Now. That's right, it is Boris. Yeah, Bela yeah. Lugosi is Dracula. You're right. He's drunk, folks. He's drunk, and he's not he even drinking. He is drunk. <laughs> he's still recovering. <laughs> so yeah, it was you. A, you. You don't make excuses. Yeah, Drac- I don't want to hear your excuses. Dracula, that, then Frankenstein, then murders in Rue Morgue. That one's interesting. That one's not as much put into the collections these days, but it is an interesting one. But that's specifically a movie. I'm, I'm trying to get through the monster series. Yeah, then there's The Mummy, then The Invisible Man, Creature from the Black Lagoon, which is my yeah. personal favorite. I think he goes a little sometimes forgotten out of the main group. A little bit, yeah. He has a lot of notoriety. Is notoriety. He's kind of like Invisible Man. The two of them are kind of yeah. known outside of the group to an extent, but I think that they still have a lot of popularity in their own right. Yeah. Yeah, Creature from the Black Rune, The Bride of Frankenstein, and Wolfman are like the most known ones. But then there's also mm-hmm. Phantom of the Opera, Jekyll and Hyde, yes. and several, The Hunchback. The Hunchback and Notre Dame, yeah. Who else was in there that I'm forgetting? I'm definitely forgetting one. Well, let me just say that I've always, uh, it's weird. I was always a Frankenstein fan growing up. Uh, I love Frankenstein l- so much. Lately, The Mummy has become my more favorite universal. Yeah, it, it's monster. weird for me because I, I love the original, but it's it's the Frasier one that always sticks in my mind. Yeah, and that's a definitely a unique blend of tones because it, it, it definitely has those horror elements, but it's got that adventure element going on. It's kind of like the, the ver- like an Indiana Jones that fell into a horror movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. that's why I think I love it so much. Which I was sad to hear the Universal in California is taking the ride out. Yeah, it's been kind of slowly stripping out, out slowly, so I'm kind of not opposed to that. For a long time... You are what? You... Oh my God, you should just see the spike that happened on my recording right now. You're going to have a field day with this. <laughs> what happened? Oh my God. No, I'm just like, I almost spit tick. I can't believe you, I, I cannot believe you're not as outraged as I am. <laughs> well, no, because I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm more of a fan of the Orlando Park anyway. That's true. But what happened, well, the reason I say that was for a long time, they took out a lot of the footage of like the jokes with Brendan Fraser and everything. And I was like, I don't like that they did that. And they did? so if, they took okay from from the 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 Hollywood the Los Angeles park. So yeah. I'm, I'm like, well, if you guys are taking it out of there, you already stripped a lot of the soul out of it to begin with. So mm-hmm. for me, That's the fair. the 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 real life and soul of that ride has always lived in Florida. I actually just picked up a T-shirt for the ride there. I, don't, I went pretty I went pretty heavily hard on the merch <laughs> this year. I, I did a number on my credit card <laughs> statement, <laughs> which is fine. He, he merched it up. I did. I, I'm going to be paying that off for a while. <laughs> But it's fine. <laughs> Twenty years later. Twenty years later. <laughs> I I love the monsters, especially creature. I mean, like you look at how many times these have been redone too. Even passively, mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro did a updated version of Creature from the Black Lagoon a number of years ago, and it actually won an Academy Award. We 
are we talking about wait are we talking about uh, the shape of water here yeah shape of water that was that was that, a, it was admitted an adaptation it, of creature of black lagoon i did not know that i mean obviously i see the parallels but i didn't know that it was yeah. fully inspired or at least yeah a, a and then um, from invisible man uh the invisible man project update was very interesting it was originally yes. supposed to be part of the like marvelization of universal monsters which was started with russell crowe and tom cruise's the mummy yeah and and also ended also ended very abruptly and quickly with that too that's Uh, that's a that's a case study right there yeah, that Not was, that was that unfortunate. The movie, but that whole like universe—that'll be something when we look back. Like, yeah, this is when it, this was the universe age of Hollywood when everyone wanted universes. Now they're kind of taking the DC approach to it, and I think that that's a smart way to go. And just letting each one of them kind of exist their in their own, own multiverse, kind of thing, like yeah. in their own little world, and do their own thing. And then the, when they want to and decide to, they can crisscross them. But you got to let each one live and breathe on its own feet a little bit, which I think is smart. I think there's there's a lot of obscurity to them i think there's there's some interesting interesting ways that they evolved over the years and they were very popular when they were coming out i mean that's why they kept making them was because they were just oh yeah well, wild, wildly monster, successful yeah have you ever seen the monster squad going Mon- back into the 80s let me let me check that yeah if not i i recommend it it's it's it basically has the major players kind of it's it, it literally is the Avengers team up of the universe. Interesting. I don't know that I have seen yeah. it. Yeah, 1987, the Monster Squad. Yeah, and Count Dracula. Like they're 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 a group of kids, kind of like a little bit of that Goonies vibe. Yeah, something that Stranger Things kids can pull from. Group of kids are trying to save their town, and all like the the classic movie monsters are there. You got Dra- Dracula, you got the Wolfman, yeah. you got the Mummy, you got the Creature from the Black Lagoon, you got Frankenstein. I think a lot of these are very due for updates of and and from notable directors. I think a lot, especially I think Invisible Man is due for even another reboot, even though it was done only a few years ago. I think even like a director like Chris Nolan or mm-hmm. I, I think could do some seriously killer things so if uh-huh. you were gonna do uh i got you so <laughs> if you were, well okay before i even ask that question so what do you think is like the appeal of these characters these like why do they keep coming back is I it th- just because they i just, think it's the madness they just entered of the lexicon of of halloween and they're just now it's just corporate america just constantly wants to make money off it and shove it down our face or no, is there something more to it I think I think obviously like, that is part of it, but yeah, I think it is in the zeitgeist, and I think it's I think it's the fact that it lets lets the madness come out. It lets you be a little weird, lets you be a little ob- obscure and odd. And I think that there's something to that that resonates with people. The craziness of them, the at, at oftentimes just the absurdity of them, and the the hoax. That and a lot of the time there's there's some hokiness to them. Yeah, but I think and that, through all that there's a grounded storytelling in it that even for or their often dated nature makes them only endear as classics, which I think is part. They're often referred mm-hmm. to as the universal monster classics or the universal classic yeah. monsters. I think that classic nature of them does endear. Uh, and one thing, no, I would agree. And one thing I have always liked, and I noticed this more as I got older and I started to get more into the writing and the storytelling, they are all tragic characters, yes. I think, in the sense of, I don't think I'm trying to go through my mind. Are all victims of circumstance. They Especially are, creature. Are. Creature, like, yeah, definitely you look at creature. it through that lens of shape of water, it's like he's he's just trying to defend himself. They're, they're like, the group is actively hunting him. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like, he's not necessarily terrorizing anybody. He's just defending himself. 
I just included Mad Ghoul and Monster and the Girl just because those ones are so obscure. I wanted to just kind of like. Yeah, no, go. Okay, so go. Now we'll take a little bit of a sidetrack here. Now I can sidetrack you. Go into, because I had, I'm looking at this here. I had never heard of these ones. The Monster and the Girl. Yeah, the Monster and the Girl is a very, very weird, (laughs) obscure one. Yeah, Um, tell me about, about this. It's kind of about a guy who just like owes money to a bunch of gangsters and he gets his consciousness transferred into a gorilla when they beat him and try and get him to pay back the money that he owes. (laughs) Wait a minute. He gets his soul transferred into a gorilla and he returns to terrorize these gangsters that put him in that scenario. So this is like RoboCop before RoboCop. It kind of is. And it's it's a fascinating little hokey, weird concept. Okay, now wait, this is... This is wait, hang on here. I gotta I gotta confirm this. This is the 41. monster and the girl. Monster and the girl forty one. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. Nineteen forty one. Originally originally never... released by Paramount, but it's now under the label. And this is too like, you know, back in back in the earlier half of the twentieth century. This is still when the studios are going strong and they were just cranking yeah. out movies like TikTok videos. Oh yeah, because it was the, it was that first release. There was no home video market back in the day. Yeah, I mean, it was just like it was box office numbers. And yeah. It was, no, yeah, it was a very very different market. Yeah, it was just least. like it was crank them out like a machine and then print the money. <laughs> <laughs> Not that hasn't changed, but I it's, we've actually gotten one. more back towards that. It used like for a while oh, you think? we got okay. I think with you know, look at the look at the age of Marvel we're in now, it's a crank out more and more of them. Yeah, yeah, it is crank it out. And I think that they're going at it from both ends now where it's like the collector market is only emboldening that. Yeah, there's a lot to, yeah. So it's interesting. I th- I think it's it goes through some ebbs and flows and Mm-hmm. There is no right answer there, I don't think, but there, there's a no, lot of back I mean, and forth. There never, I mean, and that, well, that's the beauty of stuff like this. There, not, there isn't one right answer. That was why I always gravitated more towards writing instead of science or math, because in science or math, you, you have to find a right answer, or at least for the most part, find a right answer. Yeah. Uh, or why I wasn't as good at it. Whereas this, whereas the liberal arts, literature, writing, mov- uh, movies, script writing, people will tell you there's got to be a right answer, but there's not. Yeah. My, yeah, I, I've said it before. I think I've said it before, but it's a landscape. Everything can just exist yes. for its own purpose. Exactly. Yes. For for these, I think that the some of the more obscure ones can be very like they're they're for every Frankenstein. There was there was the son of Frankenstein. There was the bride mm-hmm. of Frankenstein, which that's a very interesting one because it was one of the more obscure ones that gained enough notoriety that they the bride is as known as Frankenstein's monster yeah. is now, which is interesting because it was one of the only ones that really gained that much steam, but. She is loved by the fandom mm-hmm. big time. Oh, definitely. I, just, I was just, just in the parks over the weekend, and they had beanies with the Bride of Frank's. They were black beanies with a Bride of Frankenstein gray flare up through the side of it. I'm like, that is fantastic. <laughs> that, that's a good, all right, that's that's the marketing tool at its finest right there. Yeah, there's the, the amount of classics merchandise that still flows and, <laughs> and gets in. Like They are beloved by the fandom still very much. Very much so. Well, before we get into your excursions, <laughs> tell tell me about this Mad Ghoul now. The the other the other obscure one that you Mad Ghoul. Because I'm Mad looking Ghoul at this an and I'm just one. like, 
what? Yeah, I I like like for me some of the more obscure ones can be just as much fun as the core monsters. Yeah, I'm I'm reading this this log line you got here, and I'm like, oh, what the? How have I never heard of this? And it's, and it's so weird to me to see this in like 1943. Do I have that right? Yeah, for, 1943. Yeah, 43 like, released. Yeah, I, I picture anything older like pre 1965. I picture very conservative or like clean. You know, like mm-hmm. oh, it's got to be wholesome or like I'm almost picturing like the 50s style but you think about it like I mean again I've never seen this this movie but just from reading what it's about this definitely looks edgy for its time yeah and it's like both of the part of why I included Monster and the Girl and Mad Ghoul is because they kind of remind they both kind of remind me of Reanimator and some of those like weird 80s like kind of B style movies and it was like I feel like that like this style like yeah they don't they're not necessarily the financial blockbuster like earth shattering rattling but they are just through and through so goofy and so fun to dive into these just weird concepts and that's why i i love them and the, the, the classics aren't just the core dracula mummy creature that mm-hmm. often people attribute to them being like there are there is a near infinite library of titles to this oh yeah and, definitely and uh, we've we've been discussing lately universal studios aj jen every single year they do a haunted house off of one of the it, it oh one of or multiple of the monster classics but they do one house for the for them every year and the lately they've been doing like versus houses where they'll put three or four of them together battling it out and it's interesting to see which ones they pick from the library every year so they pick okay all right let's just let's just get into it let's just yeah so first off you went to Halloween Horror Nights. I yeah, I, we have we had talked about it before. At the time of recording this, I am I am still recovering from my my hangover. <laughs> so that's what's wrong with you. <laughs> just, just just it's all coming together. <laughs> oh yeah, it's all coming together. This guy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, this guy's drunk. Yeah, so I, I have made a bit of a tradition of going down to Universal Studios for their Halloween events. Do they l- still do? Do they still do the the two month? Right? Oh, they have to. Yeah, it's yeah. They've been doing the two month, and I think I th- it seems like going forward they're going to stick to that because it's been very successful. The one yeah. month, I think, w- given how much the event has grown, I think that it's it lends itself to some more space there. But, and this uh, is yeah. at it's done at Universal, Park. Universal Studios Orlando and Universal Studios. Hollywood, but what's interesting is while they largely have the same itinerary, it's not exactly the same. Okay. Every year they have something a little slightly different between the two of them. Like I, I know one year they did Halloween, whereas and in, in Los Angeles where they didn't. And sometimes there's there's just some s- subtle differences, and it's not necessarily the same. Oh, I did one other thing. I do want to tell you. You know the ET that we have. Yeah. They had a new ET this year, in okay. the in the bathrobe. <laughs> I scooped him up. Oh my god. You would. You yeah. would. I'm a little scared to look at my credit card statement. <laughs> now that that that's the real horror right there. The real horror is my my credit card statement. <laughs> yeah, no shit, I just said that. <laughs> that's what I'm saying to you. <laughs> that's what I'm saying to you. <laughs> I did say that. Would you say that? What what of them is your favorite of the classics? The movies or the characters? Either. Well, like I said, I I was always a fan. Well, I'm a fan of all of them. I was always a fan of Frankenstein. Yeah. And then the mummy. I mean, it's it's hard to pick one. If I had to, okay. If, if I I'm forced to, to pick a favorite, it would either be Creature or Invisible Man. Okay. I love them both. I, I think it, if I had to pick, I think it would be The Mummy. Okay. If I had to pick yeah. a favorite. Just because I, I like the, I'm a huge fan of ancient history. 
Yes. So I think that aspect is what always draws me in. I think I'm very due for a rewatch on the Karloff mummy. Yeah. No, it's a different it's a different take. It's definitely slower and you have that almost white noise quietness going on cuz it's strange how like back then with the recording devices and all that I don't know much about the particulars of how the sound devices would have worked in terms of what makes a sound device now like what we're recording off of what makes this better quality than what they were using or maybe it's not i don't know well yeah but like the, like the real that, you know what i'm talking devices. about that 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 yeah. that static like silence that fills the voids of people talking and the scenes in between yeah well it's like the cutting edge level of the makeup effects too for the time mm-hmm. there was nothing else like that up the, up to that point and i think that's what really made these stand out maybe more than anything was probably between the set work and the makeup effects i mean yeah they they made those characters come to life with how they crafted them visually as much as how the performances were i mean it's yeah. too complicated i mean they're giving legendary performances to begin with but when they're coming out of these next level makeup effects that hadn't been done up to that point those these exploded off the screen mm-hmm. no definitely a a, a debt owed to a, a a horrible debt owed to the, the universal monsters yeah did you, did you catch my pun that I did? Oh, I caught it. You ca- All right. You didn't. Horrible. <laughs> you're horrible. Oh, you're horrible. They had a t-shirt there that I was tempted to get, but didn't. Yeah. It was. They had ones for each of the monster classics, but the, specifically the one of Creature from the Black Lagoon. He was wearing 3D glasses, and he's eating a hot yeah. dog. <laughs> I should have scooped it up. The Frankensteiner. <laughs> classic they should have had frankenstein eating the hot dog well yeah i just assumed they had one you just didn't see it no they didn't have them eating well the they, hot they dog? had they had one in that style of each of them but i forget what frankenstein was doing i, I guess i could look them up okay you had but, one job you got to go back ah uh, yeah like like right now stop That's recording and go back <laughs> hot topic has a deal with hhn they have some hot topic exclusive merchandise yeah all right frankenstein is holding a bucket of popcorn with a jack-lantern on it has eyeballs in it and a soda with something climbing its way out of it. <laughs> There's a store in the Universal Studios Park that has mm-hmm. mock-ups of all the monster classics. So they have like Karloff standee of him as Frankenstein. They have a Dracula standee. Bride is in there somewhere in the mummy. And I think they have a creature like way far in the back. It's tougher to find. But yeah. I mean, it's like right by where the Bourne ride is. And it's like, if, if I think it actually, I think the Bourne ride actually lets out in there. And they have like a lot of like original memorabilia in there. Well, sounds like a good time. It's good stuff. I recommend. But they have announced that they're doing a building in Las Vegas, which will be specifically dedicated to HHN and will run events all year round, which I'm like, ooh, I kind of want to go to Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) Vegas! Vegas! What happens in Vegas stays wrapped in plastic in Vegas. Oh, there's a tagline right there. It's like, like... If you set a new Monster Squad movie and it starts in Vegas or something, like you hope what happens in Vegas will stay there, or, or they're not staying in Vegas or something. I don't know. Something's I'm gonna have there. to watch this Monster Squad movie now. You got me all on jazz. Well, up on I that mean, one. it's definitely it definitely has that B charm to it. I love B charm. Uh, yeah, B charm. It's my favorite arm. Well, yes. Yeah, so take so keep so take me through the. You got on the plane. You went for three days, four days. So we yeah we flew down way early. For Friday and I just got back Monday evening. Just, just I'm, I'm actually not even back. I'm I'm actually on the plane right now. Mentally, I'm still there. 
<laughs> so what so okay so you you go up you roll up and they have these houses what, what ones well, did they have this year it's it's interesting so the process by which this happens so universal studios park so at orlando there's islands of adventure there's yeah. universal studios there's City Walk and there's Volcano Bay. Okay. At Universal Studios, the core park, the original park that was there, at f- they during the the tenure of this event in the fall, that park closes at five o'clock. Leading up to that, they start slowly cornering off the park for the areas. They start with line queues for the most popular houses. Mm-hmm. And if you have an HHN pass, which is a separate admission, you can scan in and get into those areas and start waiting for the more popular ones. Oh, wow. But it's like they start slowly growing those areas out and, and jersey barriering them, keeping it segmented. And it's 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 interesting how they do it. So it's like it's a known thing at that time of year that if you're just going to the park regularly that you'll have to leave at 5 for the <laughs> opening of HHN. <laughs> when, when did this officially start? Like not just the two-month thing, but Halloween Horror Nights. Is so Halloween been- Horror Nights has been going going around this this was the 32nd halloween oh, horror nights wow, but okay. it's it, that's where it gets a little interesting is what i think it was 1986 they actually did one year of what they called halloween horror nights mm-hmm. but it was it's not attributed as being part of this event it was a separate thing official um but the first year of hhn it was called universal studios fright nights and then the second year after that it, they renamed it halloween horror nights but the f- Fright Nights first year is year one of Halloween Horror Nights, so it's a little confusing one, in that they, way. They couldn't. They realized they couldn't get the rights to Fright Night. Yeah, so it was, something happened there. But it was. It's, it is interesting. They this event started the year after I was born. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm a year older than Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> <laughs> feel old feel it makes me feel very old <laughs> so how long does it normally take to go through one of the so officially by universal you are not expected to be able to get through the whole event in a single night but three three years strong i've gotten through every single house in one night using express Whoa. passes okay sounds like you might you, you need the express passes if you're going to do if that. you want to get through it in a single night you kind of need it yeah it's it's a hefty haul to get through and they have a live stage show every year called Nightmare Fuel. Actually, interestingly enough, a buddy of ours from Point Park actually is in that show currently. He's killing it. Oh. He was who, a dance major, was? Chris Moose William. Oh, all right. Killing it. He's a an acrobat for his age. No idea who you're talking about. No. <laughs> That's cool. But yeah, Chris is killing it. If you, get, if you do end up going to HHN, check out Nightmare Fuel. I mean, he, he and that crew, wild show. <laughs> Doing good. All right. Hey, good yeah. for them. A lot of pyrotechnics, a lot of acrobatic ability. Very cool. Well, that's good. Um, that's good. Okay. Yeah. They roll out and then they transform the entire park through the process of five, between five and six o'clock, the whole entire park transforms into a haunted house. There are typically, this is not always the case, but typically there are five intellectual property houses and then five original concept houses that are not tied to any pre-existing storylines. Okay. And this year they had remi- Refresh my memory again. I know you said it, but yeah. So the how the IP houses this year were. I was very excited about The Last of Us, based yeah. off of the Naughty Dog game, not necessarily the HBO TV series. They had the fourth season of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. They had the Universal Monster Classics House Unmasked, which contained a story that was derived from Phantom of the Opera, The Invisible Man, Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Jekyll and Hyde. So it, was I, a very, like, it, was a, it was a packed house this year. That was a good one. So did they, was 
um bless you <laughs> thank you <laughs> so the the universal house did they create that story for it on their own is it completely original or is this actually based off of another film or something that, so I, having that I also s- don't know about yeah having seen a few of these now it's interesting it's always something a little different with the monster classics house it's the second year that we went there they did one that was the bride of frankenstein it was just uh-huh. pure and simple the bride and frankenstein they did a house based on that movie and i love that house it was fantastic but every other time we've been there it's been some kind of mashup not necessarily based on a movie one year the one year it was dracula versus the mummy versus wolfman which i don't believe that there's a movie that exists no i I don't think so yeah it's always something they just kind of like try and keep it fresh and it's kind of keeping the zeitgeist of monster classics really really alive Mm -hmm. but interestingly enough in that in that same vein universal has a has a new park coming in 2025 and in that part it's called epic universe in that park they're building an entire area specifically for the universal monster classics and that proves to me i'm like there is definitely a market for these <laughs> well i guess there has to how big is this how big is this freaking thing gonna be that park is gonna be huge they're building the they're Look building the the castle from frankenstein for it it's I gonna got a it, park yeah like the castle they're building for it is supposed to be like the anti cinderella castle from disney <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of love that. <laughs> Wait, is the cat? Is it like Frankenstein's castle or Dracula's castle that they're going with, or it's just just going to be a castle? I think it's going to be like the visual of Frankenstein's castle, but I think it's going to have like elements of everything. Like the township is going to have like all kinds of elements from different films. Yeah. Okay. I think it's going. Yeah, I'm, I, you can bet your buns I'll be there in 2025. <laughs> Did you already get your tickets? Not yet, but I will. I no. will have them probably. <laughs> well, that yeah, oh the, here, let, I just just because I think we forgot to mention it. No, yeah. Just to add in, so Mad Ghoul is about what exactly? The film itself. It's yeah. The the scientist in it uncovers details about Mayan culture and stuff. It's all kind kind life preserving processes like immortality, sanity. They're tied in like all kind of like around that. It's so, so unique it, and weird. So it's him it's him on like a quest for eternal life is that it so it had a little bit of a frankenstein thing going on here but kind of yeah kind of kind more. of like invisible man and and frankenstein meddling with science kind of stuff yeah okay that just but it also kind of has like a cultural appropriation aspect to it which is kind of yeah. interesting yeah which i feel like anything if you're going back as far as at least the 40s take what you will from yeah. it another one i wanted to bring up which is not a universal classics but yeah one of my favorites of all time is young frankenstein okay yes one of mine too i think such a funny movie i think it's one of the best parodies of all time because it directly pokes fun at like the entire genre of Mm -hmm. the universal monster classics in the best ways And that, and it, but it's shot too. I love too how it's shot because it's shot the same way. Yeah, and it, that was a big fight for Mel Brooks because the studio really? was actively trying to get him to produce it in color, and he was under I a lot of stress know, from did, that I did aspect. Not know that. Yeah, he's he kept saying it was like this has, this has to be done in this style or else it's not going to be funny. Yeah, no, that, I, he was totally he's totally right. I mean, that is one of the things that makes it. Yeah, I mean, just stand the test of time for me, anyways. The fact that it's done in that same tone and style, but then you've got the great performance of gene wilder yeah and even down to like the transitions too as he likes to be called yeah it's like the 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 transitions the camera work the edit styles of it everything down to a t like just feels like it it, honestly god if they passed it off as being one of those movies i would sell like yeah yeah gene Gene wilder and mel brooks together is just gold to begin with can't no yeah 
And now that that came out, is that older than Blazing Saddles? I think it is. Pretty sure it is. I don't remember specifically. Let me check that out. Oh, see, I knew you were drinking. 74, Young Frankenstein. Oh, 74 is Young Frankenstein. Okay. Oh, so maybe Blazing Saddles is newer then, or older. 74. Wait, they're both the same year? I'm shocked by that. What the hell? That doesn't sound like right. No, I'm drunk. I, I think, I I think the internet I, is drunk. <laughs> Did we have another Mandela effect here? I don't remember those being... I swear when we watched those, they were different years. They were made in different years. Same. I need some clarity here. Clarendon? <laughs> Clarendon. Wait, what'd you say? What'd you say before? I said I need some clarity here. Oh, clarity. Oh. December 15th. Interesting. Blazing Saddles was first. Huh. Okay. February 4th, 74 for Blazing Saddles. December huh. 15th for Young Frankenstein. All right. Did not know that. I did not either. It's interesting. <laughs> Hey there, handsome. I'm thinking of the scene when he's like, do not open this door no matter what. I'll kick your rotten heads in, mommy. <laughs> open the goddamn door. I'll kick your rotten heads in. What a, I mean, the, the <laughs> one of the greatest, in my opinion. Acting. And yeah, wasn't his stipulation for doing putting on the Ritz? Wasn't that him? He f- was like, that, that was him? Like, I want to say that. Or no, it was the other way around. So it was uh, Gene Wilder wanted the number in there. Mel yeah. Brooks didn't, if memory serves. And that was like the only argument that they've ever had. That was the only one. What did what did, did Peter Boyle want it in? Or I mean, I imagine that would have been hard on him being in the stilts. Yeah, as Frankenstein, as the monster. I yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Now I gotta know. Huh? Yeah, was, in, in, okay, I never knew this. So apparently Mel Brooks is in the middle the last few weeks of shooting Blazing Saddles and okay. he him and Gene Wilder just kind of having a cup of coffee and they just said like there could be another Frankenstein and wait like, wait but wait they sorry, started repeat going, that for me no 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 just like how it came up they were literally it was just on a whim they were literally finishing the last few weeks of shooting on Blazing Saddles and they were just kind of talking yeah and they just kind of came up with the idea of like that there could be another Frankenstein and then they just kind of went not another but he had like a son and just kept going like a brother-in-law maybe it's maybe it's this maybe it's that and it's like a grandson but he doesn't want like the comedy came out of the idea of the idea that he doesn't want to be a frankenstein like he yeah he, uh, a frankenstein. Wants he wants to distance distance himself from it hence the changing of the name yeah because yeah after that like and they were kind of going back to the fact that there were there was frankenstein bride of frankenstein son of frankenstein the ghost but of wasn't frankenstein. it you <laughs> Ah, so I have it here just to clarify. It was Brooks that didn't want the dance number in it Young Frankenstein. Okay. And Gene Wilder fought for it, which makes better sense. Gene Wilder yeah. was the showman to the, the dance. Yeah. That made, yeah. Yeah. I do I do love that movie. It just in in the ways it pays reverence to the monster classics and the ways in the ways it twists its humor. It never like has a hard stab like trying yeah. to tear down the monster classics. It just it's almost in reverence of it and just kind of poking light fun yeah. in the best ways. That's I, I think that's why it's endeared. It's kind of ridden the wave with their their success over the years in the best ways. And the two just complement one another. No, definitely. <laughs> I love it. I mean there there's well there there you can go. There's how I think they were able to come out with them so quickly. When you get two creative geniuses like that in the same room, it just yeah. Yeah. The, the muses definitely start speaking, so to speak. That, their colla- yeah. their collaboration over the years was one for the ages. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we we were talking uh, Universal Studios HHN, and I think that that event going forward through the years and the fact that they directly tie it every year to the classics as being groundwork for horror as yeah. a genre has only upped 
the popularity over the years because it's forced people to go back and look at them. People who may not have necessarily been fans who are fans of other horror can kind of go back and see the genesis of the genre and where yeah. some of these other things have come from over the years. And it's the fact that they're still so revered, I think, is fantastic. And we've talked before about some classic pieces of film or literature that aren't as revered as they once were. I mean, this is a direct contradiction of that. These films and stories are still very much alive and well to the point that they're making a literal brand new theme park off of these near century old films. I think that there's something pretty great about that. No, absolutely. It's good to see though, I I think. Yeah. And I I think that their, their life is only continuing to grow as time goes on, which is almost an anomaly, but a really great anomaly. Yeah. And I think that the wide library, there are films that are actually making their way into the quote unquote universal classics retroactively Mm -hmm. that weren't necessarily originally part of that as you know ips changed labels and things get shifted around some films of that era that were horror movies that were necessarily pioneers of certain subgenres and things are kind of making their way into that deservedly so but not necessarily originally released under those labels which is kind of it's interesting to watch that landscape kind of shift and grow there was one i was looking at specifically the black cat oh yeah Um, okay that movie is was like the one of the really early official universal monster classics but it's attributed as being the first the the genesis of the psychological horror subgenre horror movies okay which i thought was interesting that one of the actual genres of horror was created from this franchise which is kind of cool but it's weird too you know you think and, and horror has been around for a while but looking at these films especially today's in the modern sense they were kind of just making this stuff up as they went along a little bit yeah there wasn't you know you look at today in the horror a lot of the movies you can you can see the 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 patterns of it how to build a horror scene the jump scares longer takes the the style of the writing the the sound but back then, it's okay. What do we do? We don't. We don't really have a roadmap of how to transfer a horror story onto film. Well, it was also too from a production standpoint. It's, it's like they were the set design and stuff. They built a lot of these on stage, mm-hmm. and having the, the built sets that they did and flowing a lot of these in and out of one another made them a little cheaper to produce because they had a lot of the same sets to use between some of them. And we were talking about Young Frankenstein. It was interesting because they looked up the original like chemistry equipment from the set of the original Frankenstein. Like, where did it end up? They found it in a collector's garage. Oh, wow, okay. And they actually, they they bought it off and they scooped it all up and everything that they could find that was still in existence from it, they got on the set. And it's, I mean, you look at Young Frankenstein, that's all the same stuff that you're seeing in the lightning sequence of the original Frankenstein, which I think is super cool. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. A lot of work went into tracking that down and finding who had it. Especially tracking it down in the 70s? Like, what do you... It's it's it was How how did they track people down in the 70s? 70s. What? 40, 40 years had gone by between. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they were even able to find it was pretty impressive. And you, just the life of like the the cast and crew, like Karloff, Boris Karloff. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the mummy. He was the original Frankenstein. I mean, he lived on through this franchise in a number of ways. Yeah. When he did, most did he do? Wasn't he? He was in a, quite a bit. I mean, he did Smart Money, was like one of his earlier ones. The Lost Patrol, the original mummy, obviously. All the iterations of Frankenstein. The man they could not hang. Son of Frankenstein. The, he was he was also in the 
the black cat, which we had. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, because you brought up the black cat. Yeah. Before I hang the man with nine lives, Isle of the Dead. I mean, he is he is attributed as one of the quote unquote fathers of horror because I mean he lived and breathed it. Yeah. Damn, this guy had a lot of. He was in. He was in the animated uh, Grinch, was he not? Sure. Let's see, is he? Was he? What year would that would have been? Sixties, no? Or sixty-six? I don't see it. But it doesn't mean. I believe he was the narrator. Oh yeah, no. Oh, he was the Grinch. Yeah, you're right. You are right. He's so entrenched in just all types of horror. I mean, he from the thirties huh. up through the sixties, he was the name in horror. Yeah, he was in a lot of a lot of films. And then Bella Lugosi did everything from Dracula to Plan Nine from Outer Space. That it. That was his. Now that. Was that his final film, Plan 9 from Outer Space? I believe so. That's the last one I can recall. Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes without saying that every every fall, every October, once Halloween rolls around, these these monsters certainly creep back into our subconscious. Well, or, yeah, you know, it's creep like, back into our conscious mind from from our subconscious. That style of the class, the monster classics, I think, is still tried to be recaptured. I don't think anybody has fully gotten there. No, and that's <laughs> kind of what I was going back to. Well, just talking about Young Frankenstein again. That's probably the most modern one I can think of that does capture it. Yeah. And it does feel while it's for comedic effect, I mean they still Mm do a fantastic job of it. Yeah. And I think it only makes that one live on further. (laughs) Like even more so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is just a comedy. Like a lot of people will say, "Oh, it's just a comedy," but I mean, like that—that that one that, that's always survives. Weird too. Like, like how? Oh, it's just a comedy. Like I've always maintained, comedy is very difficult mm-hmm. uh, to do. To do well, yes, yes, to do well, yes. Yeah, I think that there's a lot to be discovered from the monster classics. I think there's a lot to love mm-hmm. there. I love some some of the personalities of these characters are just fascinating. You could you could study them for years and still find new yeah. little details that are just it, phenomenal. There. There's almost like if I could coin a new genre in horror, I don't know if this I don't know if this is worthy of keeping in or not. But they're almost like cozy horror. Does that does that make sense? Yes. Like these are the kind of horror horror movies that I would love. You just kind of want to curl up on the couch or something, cool night, and you just you just put it on and you just. I kind of like not- to put them on in the background during Halloween because they're yeah. ones that yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I've seen them so many times. They just yeah. like are atmosphere to Halloween. Yeah, the spooky. They, season. they definitely yeah they they're part of that. They they create that atmosphere. Yeah, and then like. Like I said, I mean, there's just every time I watch them, I still find new detail. They're one of those ones like, we've talked about Christmas vacation and movies where mm-hmm. it's like no matter how many times you watch them, you uncover new details. It's like these yeah. are very much are in that category for me. Yes. It's like I've, I've seen them all probably thousands of times. But every time I watch them, I find, I'm like, ah, I never noticed yeah, that before. They, they're, they're the equivalent of that warm blanket. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot there. And I think uh, for anybody interested in, in checking out HHN, I think I warn <laughs> fair warning, it does get quite addictive. <laughs> Yeah, you'll you'll start sounding like this guy. Yeah, you'll start sounding like me. You'll you'll have a very shallow bank account because all your money goes to that. <laughs> yeah, the, the the houses are just so well done. I, I I love that event. Just it's the amount of love and detail that they put into those houses and the scare actors and what they do in these the sheer volume of work that's put into that event is mm-hmm. it's kind of heartwarming. Yeah, yeah, that is heart heartwarming horror might be the better way to go. Heartwarming yeah. horror nights <laughs> and. Then no? Yeah, just, no, I'll do better. Just, yeah, and then they're just like all Funko Pop looking, very cutesy. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) 
Eh, 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 eh,